This episode was sponsored by Critical Dice and the Endless Bag of Dice. Welcome to the Compendium, a resource designed to help you spend less time learning D&D and more time actually playing. So let's rewind a little bit back to level one and look at the first installment of the warlock and where they get a lot of their power from, which is their patron. Right. So uh, there's a lot of really cool patrons uh, that give you a lot of really great narrative uh, and backstory uh, options. Uh, The first one is the Archfey. So um, this is, if you're a fan of Shakespeare, you already know a lot about the Fey. You know, there's Oberon and uh, Titiana, uh, Prince of Fools, all this kind of stuff. Anything from kind of like the LV, Elvish kind of Feywild and stuff from A Midsummer's Night Dream is in there. And uh, when you pick them, they give you additional uh, spells that are also now considered warlock spells for you. Uh, you don't just get them, you just have access to them now. Um, unlike, you know, like how a cleric might just give you extra spells. Um, their big thing is that, uh, like all fey-based things, is that you can kind of charm or frighten people. So at level one, as an action, you can basically uh, make people do a wisdom saving throw. And if they fail, they're either all charmed or frightened by you. Um, uh, you get Misty Escape at level six, where you can like just, you can just teleport. You just vanish in a puff of smoke. Uh, when you take damage as a reaction, you turn invisible, teleport 60 feet, uh, and you stay invisible until it's your next turn. You're just like, nope, no, thank you. Bye. And you're gone. Um, and uh, there's a lot of like charming effects going on in here. And their big thing at level 14 is dark delirium, uh, where you can, as an action, pick a creature. If they fail their wisdom save. They're going to be charmed or frightened noticing the theme um and uh they're kind of wrapped up in an illusion uh kind of a vecna thing going on if you've been watching stranger Mm, things yeah um they think that they're lost in this like misty realm with an appearance that you choose so if you want to put them in a creepy doll factory or in you know the at the in the, their second grade uh, classroom with that teacher they really hated, they can totally do that. Um, and the creature can't see anything but the illusion. Uh, and uh, you can kind of lock someone down that way and put them in kind of their worst uh, realized dream or their charm. And they think they're sitting on a beach somewhere drinking a mimosa and they forgot that they were in the middle of a fight. What was I doing again? I don't remember. Right. Well, I was just going to say, like, is this kind of like the, I mean, it's illusionary. So is it kind of like if you had a VR? goggles on and like if you yeah. put somebody in this scary environment that they could as an enemy actually still inflict damage on the party or their comrades if they're like flailing around trying to fight the monsters in the evil wood that you put them in right it doesn't actually take them out of where they are they just see exactly. something that's not there and they might still try to fight it or yeah, it's, it's, if it's, it's a, a nice environment yeah. they might lay down which would give you advantage on attacking them so that would be fun as like a dm to like maybe have like a random roll table or something to be like is this going to cause problems or be helpful for you (laughs) yeah exactly uh now they do pop out of it if they take damage but there's nothing in here about them accidentally hurting someone else so that's kind of (laughs) great um then next up you have the celestial 
again, this is like something from the upper planes, you know, uh, a solar, a uh, an angel, something like that. Um, it even points out unicorn, although I just, I don't know how I feel about that. I kind of already poo-pooed the unicorn earlier, but oh well. Um, basically, it's uh, not a deity, but it's like their uh, assistants have chosen <laughs> to help you out in some way. Um, because, you know, they're like, hey, we want you to be the change we want to see in the world. We're not going to do it. I'm God's secretary. It. Yeah. He sent me with a message and I'm supposed to make sure you're set up with whatever you need to finish this. Or it's like Roz from Monsters, Inc. Yeah. All right. Here's Eldritch Blast. Make sure you <laughs> file your paperwork. Yeah. I think that's pretty great. So with them, again, expanded spell list, including Cure Wounds, which is great. Um, and they also give you bonus cantrips of Light and Sacred Flame, which are typically from cleric lists. Uh, you also get this kind of cool thing where you have a pool of D6s as you level up that you can use to heal yourself and others like you makes, were a monk or a paladin. Yeah, it makes sense um, again with the like, you know, celestial kind of magic. Yeah, exactly. Like, can you imagine if you were an SMR who has the healing touch as well as this called healing light, and then you multi-class into something like Paladin, which is also a charisma caster or divine soul sorcerer, which is also a charisma caster, right? Okay. We'll get to that later. Uh, so it's pretty great. Um, then they also let you, uh, give you later on resistance to, to radiant damage uh, and let you do extra damage on your hits. And then their capstone is called Searing Vengeance, um, which kind of gives you an idea that this would be a great patron for a revenge-based character, you know? Uh, not like, let's redeem all of the evildoers rather than let, let's, you know, let's destroy all the evildoers. Uh, maybe there's a misguided angel uh, going on here. Uh, I mean, it kind of reminds me again of Kanchu, right? Coming back to the moonlight, it's the whole, yeah. like, we need, you're, you're going to protect people and you're going to punish the, the wrongdoers. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. Um, basically, if you have to make a death saving throw, uh, you can instead just spring to your feet with a burst of energy regain hit points equal to half your hit point maximum. Uh, and you stand up if you want to for free. And then every creature around you in 30 feet takes radiant damage equal to 2d8 plus your constitution modifier. And they're blinded till the end of the current turn. So I see so, this being like a beauty in the beast moment where beast is like raised up in this celestial light yes. <laughs> and like brought back to life because of the, the deity is like, oh no, not today. I yeah. still need you. You haven't finished what I need you to do yet. <laughs> mm -hmm, exactly. No, that's that really is it. And then everyone takes damage because of it. It's it's pretty rad. It's a cool visual image. I think very much so. Um, then uh, we also have the fathomless, uh, which has to do with a pact with some kind of creature or being from the depths of the deep of like the ocean and things. Um, a kraken would be a great example of this from the elemental plane of water, uh, things of that nature. Isn't there like and, a titan or something for like the like a, yes. the ocean? Yeah, um, uh, yeah, I can't remember what what they're called, but yeah, like one of the uh, the titans who are the progenitors, gargantuan of, character the creature, oh, like Poseidon and stuff. Uh -huh. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, if you're a Critical Role fan, uh, uh, Kuatoa is called out in this listing as well, uh, which is uh, Fjord's. Um, uh, otherworldly patron uh, in Critical Role Camping shiny. too. Mm -hmm. um, expand the spell list. Tentacles of the Deep. Uh, you can make spectral tentacles. I uh, kind of like how a cleric can with a, uh, a spiritual weapon. 
Um, and you can make a 10 foot long tentacle that at a point you can see within 60 feet of you and it can attack. It can does cold damage. Uh, it slows people down. Uh, the damage increases at 10th level uh, from the tentacles, kind of like a cantrip does. Uh, and uh, you can move the tentacles around. So a way of bringing more targets and hits onto the battlefield, which is always kind of fun. Um, you get a swimming speed of 40 feet, and now you can breathe underwater. Um, you get resistance to cold damage later on. Um, and as long as you're fully submerged, uh, any creature that's also fully submerged can understand your speech and you can understand theirs. Which is wild because the way that's written is it's not like, oh, I can talk to fish. That's great. But if a minotaur that only speaks minotaur and you are both submerged Put underwater. Put your head in the water. <laughs> we, you can understand something. each other. Yeah, exactly. Here. You would need such a good persuasion role to be like, I swear, I'm not trying to drown you right now. I just want to talk underwater. <laughs> exactly. You can breathe underwater. They can't. So, well, um, it's kind of wild. It's it's really funny. Uh, their capstone is the Fathomless Plunge. Uh, you can temporarily open a magic uh, conduit to watery destinations. You can teleport you and five other willing creatures. Five. Um Average adventuring party size on the larger mm -hmm. size. Mm, yeah, convenient. Yes. Party up, up, up to six. I like that. Um, a whirlpool of tentacles. You vanish and then all reappear appear up to a mile away within a body of water that you have seen uh, before. Uh, pond size or larger, like a moat of a castle. Um, and uh, you appear in an unoccupied space within 30 feet. Um, and you can use this once per short or long rest. Reminds me a little bit of... Uh the magician's nephew, mm -hmm. right? The, the water yeah. ponds that lead to different worlds. Like obviously this is within a mile, but that concept of like, wait, yeah. am I dry? Am I wet? Like <laughs> that weird, what just happened? Uh, exactly. And I don't think you have to start in water to do it. Just like this, like- So have to be near water. Yeah, this like whirl of tentacles just appear. You jump into the tentacle pool and pop out in the actual. It's too bad it has to be pond size because you could do the opposite of the Jack Sparrow. Be like, I've got a jar of water, and you just like put it places strategically. Yeah, <laughs> like that is exactly zones. why they made that requirement. You know it is. If you don't have enough dice to make it through your game after every single set gets put in dice jail, make sure you check out the Critical Dice and their endless bag of dice. You can get a new set of dice delivered to your doorstep every single month for as low as seven bucks a month. Compendium listeners can actually also get a special offer by using the code Compendium, C-O-M-P-E-N-D-M, for 50% off of your first month of dice. Just go to thecriticaldice.com and use that code at checkout. We hope you guys enjoyed listening to our conversation this week. If you haven't done so already, it would really help us out if you would take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. The Compendium is also on Patreon. So if you like listening, that is a great way to help contribute to the content that we create. New episodes are available every Tuesday and Friday or Monday and Thursday if you're a patron. And you can always keep up with us between episodes by following us on social media. Just look up the compendium, that's C-O-M-P-E-N-D-M, on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Jason also shares a bunch of great content and plot hooks on his page, The Critical Dice, so make sure that you check him out and follow him as well. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we will see you guys next time.